Welcome to Borderline, my friends. Episode three already. I'm impressed with myself that I managed to get three up. Here I sit doing my podcast that still doesn't know what it is. Uh, Apart from what it is right now, what it is right now is me trying to overcome the resistance to actually doing the bloody thing. Oh, it's weird. I I get all excited. I know what I want to talk about. I sit down here and the second I turn on record, all I can do is witness. Witness the self-sabotage. Witness the... uh, the inner critic, the inner censor telling me to not bother and go and have another Mars bar. So this is literally Zen in action. What's happening right now? I'm sitting here as we sp- I'm literally meditating in this moment. I am observing the resistance, pushing through it and talking to you, my wonderful friend, whoever you are listening to this. And it's going all right. I've got listeners. I have got listeners. I've got about 18 18 people have listened to the first two episodes, which is a lot. I'm very excited about it because at least seven of those people, I didn't tell to listen to it personally. They're actually legitimately found it. So that's quite nice, given that I've told no one outside of Facebook yet. Welcome, my friends. It's the UK. I'm at the time of recording. We just uh, had the announcement about the Christmas variant um, of the... Uh, I tried to keep this a COVID-free zone because we've all had enough of it, but... I've got to be honest, the name of the new variant did make me chuckle. It's called, you know what it's called, Omicron. And if you're listening to this in the future, you'll never believe what happened in 2021. But the way they've named it, I get it. You know, the, the, the virus is here. It's got, they've got to have names for the different variants. Alpha, Delta, whatever the one in between was called. Beta, I'm guessing. But this new one, Omicron, sounds like the name of the bad guy from Transformers the movie from 1984. You know what I mean? It sounds like a weird kind of sci-fi thing that's coming out of the sky to devour the planet. Obviously, the baddie in Transformers 1984 was actually called Unicron. But you get what I'm coming from. Voiced by the incredible Orson Welles in his final gig. And that is a career I would take. The idea of being the boy genius who then never quite fulfills his potential because he's stimmied by forces he can't control, basically the studio system, and he ends up at the end of his career doing voiceover for adverts, for port, wine, and then the voice of Unicron in Transformers the movie. When you start it out with Citizen Kane, I love Orson Welles. In no way is this dissing him. I would even take that career. And I do quite a good impression of Unicron from uh, Transformers the movie 1984 and here it is Megatron and there we are I will give you a new body and new troops to command and and nothing you belong to me now there you go if you're casting for Unicron in the remake I'm your guy those Michael Bay Transformers films can piss off forever. They were not good. I mean, I want proper Transformers where I can tell what it is. You know, I can. I want to see it transform. I want to hear the noise. You know what I mean? And actually, the Michael Bay ones, it just looked like they're too much, too busy with the special effects. I mean, the, when the two robots fought, it just looked like somebody's been down to a junkyard and welded a load of random car parts together then stuck a camera in the middle of it and then rolled that down a hill. You know, there you go. Have that. If you can make head nor tail of it. See if you can work out where Optimus Prime ends and Shockwave begins. Right on top of this thing today, you're going to be getting pristine sound quality. And the other one was uh, in my first podcast. I, this is, I thought this is a casual thing. I'll just sit here. I'll just chat to me fans. 
I'm attracting my fans around the world. My fan base in America is bound to come out. So I had a mug of coffee with me, which I was slurping on. And apparently the slurping sound, like on a podcast, is essentially quince fingernails on a blackboard. If you're listening to it, it's a, it's a grating noise. <laughs> it sounds worse than it is. So this 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 uh, this borderline is a tea freezer. Actually, that's not that's a lie. There is a cup of tea in front of me, but I'll be editing out the bits where I slurp it. I'm going to slurp it now, but I'll edit it out, or will I? Only you will tell when you're listening to this. Did I cut it out? Did I leave it in? We won't know until I get to the editing process at the end of this this spontaneous unfolding. That resistance is a right bastard. Because my brain, I don't know about yours, but mine's got the whole, um, you know, well, my brain, it's no secret the reason this is called borderline is because that's what I am. And my brain has got some very serious post-production facilities, better than I've got on the laptop in front of me. So I'm just thinking about, you know, oh, if I do a podcast where I just riff and talk about stuff, no, A, no one's going to listen to it, and B, those that do are just going to take the piss out of me. But ultimately... So what? If they do, that's the universe taking the piss out of itself, my friends, because we're all one thing. This is a hologram and all we are are apertures through which it is viewed. So, fill your boots, mate, if you're not enjoying this. I know at least one, I've got one hater, I know that, on Instagram, she slash he is, I've got no idea who it is. They've got the profile pic, the profile picture's a model, so you can tell it's fake. It's obviously a bloke, and it's obviously a magician. And it's obviously a right neck beard. You can tell by the interactions that it has with me, this hater. But he's got all these dummy accounts set up with supermodels. And like, you know, they're called xxx.victoria.ccc. You know, weird names you could never find. But um, every time I do a live stream, up it pops. It's always the same opening as well. What are we doing here then? Then a few comments will go by and then it'll come in. Always the same. Why are you telling us your life story? And I'll reply, just in case it's a new person. Oh, this is just a live stream for my friends and my fans around the fans. I keep saying that like I've got... Oh, yeah, massive in America. Those 17 listeners, at least half of those are in the States. You know, that's where my real fan base is. When I get out there, you'll see. And then he always says... Oh, I always explain, I'm a comedian. I'm just doing this to exercise my brain and connect with my community. Always the same reply. Sorry, forgot to laugh. Always the same. They've done it at least four times. It's like clockwork. You can put, like, can't think of anything unique. Just, just, just a bloke. He's probably just sat there going through Instagram looking for live streams to piss on. And I'm bad at internet interactions. I always get Facebook wrong. I always forget there's no nuance in Facebook whatsoever. You know, so I'll post things that I think are funny because I'm thinking, I'm saying them in my tone of voice. And then I'll get messages from people saying, are you all right, hun? You know, I saw your post. Are you okay? Are you struggling? I mean, it's, what can you do? The worst one. I did one when when England recently, if you are listening in America, recently England did quite well in the European Cup. And I'm not a football fan, but you'd have to be, you know, you'd have to work hard to miss it. And, you know, you'd have to be made of stone not to have felt something when it was happening as well. And, um, and we went out in the final. We didn't, you know, we got to the final and out we went. A, a superb shot. And there was a sense of optimism around the UK for the first time since that sodding Brexit vote. You know, there was a sense of unity. We were all getting behind something. It was wonderful. And a nice vibe. And so I put on Facebook a post. I just put up, hey, guys, like the typical, me. hey, guys, I don't know about you, but this feels like, not doesn't feel like the end of something. 
it feels like the beginning. You know? Meaning, hey guys, this is the turning of the tide. You know, this feels like the beginning of something, a new a new era. Let's just love it. This is what I meant, you know. So that's why I put, hey guys, it doesn't feel like the end of something, does it? It feels to me like a beginning. You take you take care out of there, it's what I put. First comment was this comedian that I know. Oh, not with that squad, it isn't. Come on. We need to replace the management at least. We're going to be mothered in the World Cup. This is going nowhere. It's a disgrace what happened with them penalties. Like, missed the point entirely. Thought I was literally talking about the football. Like, I was thinking about, you know, oh, in the World Cup, we'll do well with that squad. I'll just think about the general vibe of the universe. But, oh, no, you know, just no one gets it. <laughs> no one gets me on Facebook. I try my best. So I saw the Ghostbusters film Ghostbusters Afterlife I finally got to see it as always I'm about three weeks behind everyone else but I was looking forward to it very much and I was not disappointed I loved it I don't know if you've seen it I'm not going to spoil it for anyone because I don't know I am going to spoil it in a later one of these I've got a guest coming on my first guest I mean this is a solo podcast is the idea but when it's appropriate I will be dragging in some people so me and a mate are going to talk about movies and stuff and we're going to talk about Ghostbusters because it's his favorite thing but this film, I, I, it's, it's very, it really was, I don't get it, the hate it's getting. It's getting a little bit of abuse, I've seen, from the sort of snottier end of the uh, critical market. It tends to be people that really liked the 2016 reboot, which I hated. And, and nothing to do with it being all female, before you all pile on about that. And nothing to do with the, everyone in it's brilliant. I mean, I've never seen so many talented people put together to produce something so awful. Um... I didn't like the film at all. It missed the heart. There was no art in it. There was no Ghostbusters in it. There was no joy. There was nothing, nothing that made Ghostbusters work in the, in that that 2016 reboot. No chemistry. No magic. No sparkle. There's a magic in the Ghostbusters film, not just in the special effects. Or, I, I mean, that indefinable quality that you get from when you've got the perfect cast at the perfect moment in the perfect film with the right script and the right vibe and you know, it's scary when it's scary and it's funny when it's funny and it's just an experience. You know, you, you leave the cinema having experienced a lot. And this film, while not quite reaching the heights of that, is the best stab at it since the original. I mean, I, you know, I had all the feels, I had all the nostalgia feels going on, but also I felt for the new stuff. I felt I connected with the new characters. I like them. I, I like that it's kids. You know, I, I, this is not a spoiler. It's, you know, I think anyone that knows anything knows this is a film about children having an adventure. It's essentially, the vibe is very much the Goonies or Stranger Things. It feels like a, an extended episode of Stranger Things. And that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. Um, but we also get what we, you know, fans will be satisfied. Um, the only thing I've missed about, the one thing I really missed about it was New York City, though. I, mean, I loved it fine, and I'm not again. I'm not spoiling it, but it's not set in New York. It's set out somewhere else. And Ghostbusters to me is a New York film. You know, it's it's New York in the winter. It's it's the vibe of it. Everything about it is very. It's just New York. It, it's, it, New York is a character in the film. New York is more than just the setting. New York is informs the whole piece. And I miss New York. I miss New York in real life. By the way, I I travel a lot with the comedy. Not so much lately, obviously, 
Hence why I'm doing this. My ideas are travelling via this medium and others. Oh, subscribe to YouTube. <laughs> Various things up there. But I travel a lot. And, and what happens when you, when you do travel a lot? It all blurs into one thing. You realise that, all oh, right, here I am. So so great to be in this foreign country. Right, where's the McDonald's? Oh, it's over there next to the Starbucks. So there'll be Wi-Fi in there. Great. And there's the Hard Rock Cafe. You know, you suddenly realise that basically most most places are the same or very similar and you have to go, you have to go and find out the places of interest but the actual the city itself the cities themselves are generally the same thing new york the first time i saw that was the first time i felt like i was living in a movie you know i felt like i was oh i like this hologram i like this projection that i've manifested this is like just something about the place. You, when you're walking around it, you can't help but swagger. You know, you can't help but get that New York walk on. You know, that's fantasizing about a taxi cab nearly hitting you. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. You know, giving it a bit of that. You want to eat street food in a way that you don't when you're in India because they warn you against that. One of my favorite things in the world was being on a cruise ship in India and there was a couple on there. We just sailed into uh, Mumbai and. Um, they were giving it, there was a couple that had been there, unbearable since they got, they were like, she was wearing a sari since she arrived and he was like, oh yes, we, uh, we, we know India. Oh, we've been many, many times. You don't know India? Oh, you must, you must experience this. And they knew India and they've been to India. And if you didn't know they've been to India, they would tell you all about how they've been to India. And, um, and she said one of the most pretentious things I ever heard, because they, they put like an Indian buffet on the ship. And she came out with, oh, I only ever eat Indian food in India. Because uh, it's the only way you can really appreciate it and really taste the spices. And we know where to go. Now, all cruise long, there's been announcements over the top. Don't eat the street food. It's not seriously, please. I mean, you know, ding dong. Hi, guys. Hope you enjoy your stay in Mumbai. Do not touch the street food. Go to restaurants or places where it's... it's do not touch the street. It's, I can't emphasise it. Anyway, off they go. Oh, we know where we're going. We know where we're going. We know India. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going up to the... Bu -bu 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 Oh, that's a, a real, uh, real tourist place. Yes, you'll, I'm sure you'll enjoy that and you'll get some souvenirs. Oh, well, where are you going then? Oh, we know India. We're going to go and just go where the locals go because we only eat Indian food in India. And that was the last we saw of them. They didn't disappear. Oh, they got back on the ship that night. Fine. But, you know, you could see they were looking, looking a little green. They weren't at dinner. And then we saw them on the last day. We were all getting off. We've been through India and up through Sri Lanka. And they were getting off. And they'd literally not been in their cabins since they got back from sampling the local street food. They spent the whole week in there doing God knows what. But all I know is when they came out of the cabin, they'd lost about eight stone each. And turned a really weird shade of puce. Like that sari was hanging thin. You know. <laughs> God, can you imagine? They paid dearly for that for that authentic experience. Yeah, so New York was beautiful. I just loved it so much. There's a smell of it. Oh, I've never, like, everything, the, the coffee tasted better. We found a diner, my friend Andy Nyman. I, me I messaged him and said, you know, all the, you're really savvy when it comes to American cuisine. Is there any authentic diners in New York? He sends me back a list about as long as your arm. He knows the place. And I tried one of them, the Astro, the Astro Cafe. It's right down by, um, not too far from the Empire State Building, near Central Park. It's, it's it, from the, if you go from the docks, walking up to Central Park, you go past it. 
Um, I wish I knew the streets better. I could tell you exactly where it is. But me, I went in there with the Junk Boys, a, a group I work with. And I had uh, New York Toast. What's New York Toast, Buckles? Well, I'll tell you. It, it, it's what we would call in the UK eggy bread. It's um, like so the toast is dipped in, you know, like an omelette, like an egg and fried as, a, as an omelette. But then... With two slices of that, you make a cream cheese, as in Philadelphia, a cream cheese sandwich. Then you cover that with maple syrup. Oh, my God. It's one of the nicest things I have ever eaten. I mean, I saw, I see, they put it in front of me. It's essentially a grilled heart attack. It was a real New York diet. She's filling up the coffee. You got all the refills going on, you know. Yeah, coffee. You get a free refill with the coffee. I can't do the accent. I wish I could. <laughs> So all the bits, Trump Tower, oh yes, all of it. Met the protester, the guy outside, he's been protesting ever since Trump got in. So I, so I suspect his work is now done. Cool guy though, real cool hippie guy. So Ghostbusters, yeah, I miss New York, but everything, all the bit hits all the beats. Um, I, you care about the characters, it's scary when it's scary. It felt very much like the Ghostbusters version of The Force Awakens. Which I liked the Force because the, the Force Awakens was literally was a structurally it was a remake of Star Wars: A New Hope. Um, but but it introduced the new characters while keeping those of us that have been following the Star Wars since the beginning happy. It sort of addressed the balance and it gave them a really good base to launch from. And then what happened next happened next, and uh, we all know how that turned out. And this felt like that. It felt like the Force Awakens, but for the Ghostbusters universe, in that it was a a solid re-entry into the universe of Ghostbusters. And it does, I'm not, again, not no spoilers, but we're in a position at the end of the film where they could go in many directions and create a, a whole new franchise. And I hope they do. I really hope they do because it deserves it. But, you know, it had, it had the, the beats were, the, beat, the beats are very similar to the original film, you know, and there are moments that, um, Again, I don't want to spoil it, so I don't, I'm sort of slightly neutered in this review. But, you know, there are moments in the film that if you're familiar with the original, they you know, you're going to get a buzz out of it. Yeah, you know what you're watching. But I loved it, and I loved seeing it with my brother. There's something special about going to the cinema with my brother, especially when it was as it was on Monday night when we went. We're the only two in there. Which is always a weird feeling, because it just feels like it was on screen one. It's in the biggest screen. But it's just the two of you sat there like you're watching it in front of the telly. You know, we've got our food laid out. I mean, all the bits. Second, we heard the, you know, the first shivers of music. Oh, I was in. And I'm heading out, my friends, and you're coming with me. I'm going on a cruise ship in uh, about four days for a couple of weeks to earn a crust. Having once again failed to secure a panto. Oh, it's a mystery to me that. Why I can't get... Why I can't get a panto is beyond... I mean, I'm, literally, you cut me in half. It says buttons through me like a stick of rock. But, um, yeah, no panto for metal buckles this year. So I'm, I'm Christmas cruising. Not for a line that I'm, I would choose to work. It's not my target audience. It's not Disney. It's not my target market. So I've had to craft the show specifically for them, which I hope they like. I've really put in an effort to try and please. But we'll never know because... There's no way to try it out between now and then. So it's literally going on blind. Doing what I'm doing. Doing this. Flying by the seat of my pants. And trying to create in the moment. But I've got a structure. So that's the main thing. But I'm taking you with me as best I can. I'll be taking my laptop, my microphone. And I'll be doing broadcasts from the ship. 
So stick around for that. Once again, this could be a false promise. I'm saying this like it's definitely going to happen and there's a good chance it won't. Because as always, you're at the mercy of ship Wi-Fi. And when I say ship Wi-Fi, you want to change one of the letters in ship. And they know how to, work, they know how to spin that for money. When they worked out, whoever worked out there's a way to charge for Wi-Fi is sitting pretty because the ships don't have to take advantage of that. Oh yeah, £25 a day is the cheapest we can do it. It's amazing we can do it at all. And it costs like 87p for them to have it for the whole ship for the day. It's a license to print money. So you'll be getting an episode of this when I can find an internet cafe in one of the ports of Spain. Or wherever it is we end up going. I don't even know where we're going. I don't even look anymore. When I do a cruise contract now, I just know where I'm getting on, where I'm getting off. And I keep the rest of it like a mystery tour. Just tell me one thing, hot or cold, so I know what to black pack. And then I'll just enjoy the surprises. It's like a cruise ship advent calendar every morning. Where are we this morning? All right, how did that happen? So that, my friends, is episode three of The Borderline. Stick with me. It's going to get better. Um, subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. A shout out to the loyal patrons, both of them, Mr. Andy Grafham and Lexi Unicorn. As always, your patronage is greatly appreciated. There is a Patreon. Uh, again, I'm not pushing it because I've not worked it out yet. At the moment, it's literally five quid and you get this. And there's a few videos and things as well from the YouTube. But once I've worked out a structure, it will be better. Then I'll start uh, plugging it. But till then, my friends, have a wonderful week. And I will see you here on the very next episode of Borderline.